Hey, podcast listener. Welcome to Eat Half, Walk Double. I'm your host, Chris Dunn. This show is the chronicle of my four decades in endurance sports, told through the stories of the important, influential, and interesting people I've met along the way. And I certainly have met my share. While I catch up with friends, colleagues, rivals, clients, and the occasional family member, it's my hope you'll learn a little something about health, fitness, and living at the next level along the way. In today's episode, I catch up with EMS helicopter pilot and adventure sport enthusiast, my brother Jay Dunn. We talk about the origins of acidotic racing, his journey from the Ivy League to the bayous of Louisiana, and how he was almost shot down over the vice president of the United States residence in his first assignment in D.C. So without further ado, my little brother, Jay Dunn. Hey, bro. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we obviously have a we obviously have a lot, lot to talk about. Um, what, what, you know, what I wanted to start with, though, is uh, a story that um, I don't think a lot of people uh, uh, fully understand uh, the, the 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 origins behind uh, acidotic racing. You know, I, I mean, the, the folks here up in, in the Northeast uh, who are into trail and mountain running, uh, I, you know, I, I think know of acidotic racing and, and, you know, uh, originally identified us as the, uh, as the snowshoe racing, uh, organization, uh, event management company. That's kind of how we, we got our start. Eventually we, you know, we got into trail, uh, racing and, and, and mountain racing, but that's not actually where acidotic racing started. Acidotic racing, uh, started um really as as an opportunity for you and i to to uh to do something together when was that uh, yeah that was what year was that yeah i think i i think that was i want to say it was early 2000s mm. um i mean where 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 were you in the where were you physically located um, in the early 2000s say 2001 2002 2003 I was where where were you at that time? I was work I was down working in the Gulf of Mexico. So I, I was traveling every two weeks down to the Gulf. So I it probably that's probably about the time because I had uh I had two weeks off at a time. So, so when, was, yeah, so when when you weren't when you weren't in the Gulf, what uh where where were you? We lived in um Kitty was traveling then, so we lived in she was a travel nurse, so we lived in uh, uh, we lived in San Diego, Alaska, New York, lived in a bunch of uh, Denver, Chicago, lived in a bunch of different places because right. she was doing travel assignments. So yeah, I, I guess that's probably when it was cause we were, cause I had some free time and, and no kids. Yeah. And right. And time. so, and so, you know, we, we, you and I had a discussion uh, about, um, Hey, you know, we, we, we should do, we should do some, we should do things together. We should do some things together. And the, the discussion kind of went, 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 went around and around. And, and what, what we settled upon was the sport of adventure racing. And at, and at that time, adventure racing in the Northeast um, was beginning to emerge. It was, it was becoming a thing. Um, and there were a number of uh, event management companies in the Northeast that were hosting adventure races from you know, from the, from the sort of the relatively shorter six hour races, 12 hour races, all the way up to a 24 hour uh, adventure races. 
and 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 so really acidotic racing the the, the genesis of it was um as a recruiting tool right remember that that adventure racing uh what is a is a team sport and and, and in a lot of the cases they were two-person teams so that was easy that was that was you and i but there were some there were some races that were three or four member uh, teams. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it kind of, you know, it didn't take us long to figure out that, you know, if, if, if we were going to, if we were going to be able to do this, uh, and, and do some of the longer races with, with you know, with, with more teammates, we, we had to have a mechanism to recruit people. Right? I mean, our, you know, our, the, the, uh, the, the list of our friends that would be willing to do these crazy things was relatively short. Right. And so, and so yeah, uh, what a lot of teams would do is they would, uh, they would use the, the teammate finder function, right. As a way to say, you know, Hey, we, we are such and such team and we are looking for, you know, we're looking, we're looking for a teammate, but, but we had to have a team. We had to have a team name. So, uh, so acidotic racing, you know, it, it was in, in the beginning. We so we, with we two S's too, yeah. Spe- spelled acid, yeah, A S S I D O I T C, right? Um, the, the idea being this combination of of asinine and acidotic, the physiologic, mm-hmm. uh, physiologic phenomena, uh, and and you know it, it. I mean that that original name actually fit uh, our uh, our prowess as adventure races early on because we didn't. You know, we we were enthusiastic, but we, we didn't really have a tremendous a tremendous right, amount good. of success. I don't I don't know if you remember I don't know if you remember those early <clears throat> days those early days, but I, I think we had I think we had as many DNFs as we had actual finishes. Yeah, yeah, we we got uh, there's quite a few races that we bowed out of, or we just ran out of time. Well, uh, yeah, and we and, missed the checkpoint. Right, Wait, and and wasn't that and, we quit? We just missed, you know. After ten hours, they, the race is over. Well, the, I'll never forget. There was there was one race. It must have been a twelve hour race early on, and um, we yeah, they were looking for us. Yeah, we we got we got so stinking lost that um, we, we eventually bushwhacked out to an interstate, and we we. I mean, we, we, we had missed, we had missed the time. We, we were so far over the time limit. Like we were several hours over, yeah, yeah, over yeah. the time limit. Everybody um, was gone at the, right. Yeah. The moment we got back and everybody was, we were back to the start and the place was empty. <laughs> the parking like lot, the parking there. lot, was, the parking lot was completely deserted except for, I'll, I'll never forget, except for two vehicles, the race director's vehicle. And like uh, one of the local search and rescue uh, vehicles, right? The, so the race director, you know, uh, uh, so uh, at the same time was was relieved, you know, that we hadn't died in the woods. But he was also really pissed off that we <laughs> that we had missed the cutoff by so long, and and uh, and you know we we hadn't made it we hadn't made it back to the finish. Yeah, everybody everybody was gone. The event had the event had completely wrapped up and everybody had gone home except they'd given out awards and had like a pizza party. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. yeah, I, 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 I do. I do remember that. Uh, uh yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I mean, that, that story really epitomized our, uh, our, our early experience in the sport, but you know, but you know, like, like, like anything with enough determination, you know, you, you, you do end up improving. And we, were did- we just lost, we just got where we lost. I, yeah, I, well, we remember we, we, the expression was, was, you know, we, we, we never said we were lost. We always said we weren't found. 
right? Yeah. We always we're always like, you know, let's let's never use let's never use the term we're lost. Let's just say we're not found, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, uh, again, I think I think that that epitomized our our early experience uh, in the sport. But but we we did improve, and uh, you know, with with time, we ended up you know we ended up we ended up finishing. We ended up finishing and then we ended up finishing, you know, in the, in the, in, you know, in the, in the upper part, in the upper, you know, really? the upper part of the field, you know, we, we, we ended up getting pretty darn, I don't think darn, I was ever part of that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty darn, pretty darn good at it. But, uh, you know, those, those experiences, uh, I mean, there are just so many great stories uh, about, about those times. I mean, what, what, what do you remember? About, uh, about those well, I don't times? remember ever finishing in the top of anything. I just remember just struggling. <laughs> I remember struggling to get to get because I was never in my fitness level was never where it needed to be. I guess that's probably everybody feels that way. But I always felt like, man, I am just out of shape. I'm just I'm pulling. I'm dragging everybody down. Um, and you guys all thought I could navigate, but I could navigate up to until I got tired, which is, you know, a 12 hour race was. About halfway through, I was cooked. Well, we—I mean, we—you know—and that was one of the things that we we did eventually figure out that, um, you know, by um, by giving you sort of the 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 exclusive responsibility of navigating, it ended up being it ended up being a detriment, not 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 because of your ability to navigate, but simply because the rest of us were just nobody following. was paying attention. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody was. Everybody was just following along. Nobody was paying attention. Yeah. So inevitably, when you got when you got fatigued or, or um, made a mistake, and or, or made a mistake, uh, it was really difficult for us to correct because nobody else had been paying attention like, to the I, maps. I have to look at the map. I don't know idea where we are. Yeah, and that and and that that happened to us any number of times, and and really. Um, you know, it, as adventure racing goes and adventure racing teams go, you know, the, 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 the really good teams, the top teams, I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember those guys during that, during that time, that was, that was EMS, right? Eastern, Eastern mountain sports. Mm -hmm. That was the, that, that was the team, at least, at least regionally that, that they were at, they were at the absolute top of their game. They were going, they were doing international stuff at the time too. They They, were going to like the raid. Uh, the, the raid gal is it raid galois yeah say that? yeah they yeah they, they were, were traveling that they were traveling all all over the world uh to to do these events so that they were really the team that we looked up to and they you know and they i mean they had a guy who was who was you know designated as their lead navigator but everybody else on their team was navigating as well everybody else was paying attention mm-hmm. uh, uh to where they were and we you know and again eventually we 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 figured that out to take a little bit of the of of, of the burden of the burden off of you um oh yeah i remember this we were on that it was part of, i remember that there was a bicycle part where we we were late in the race and when we went down this humongous hill remember that do you remember that it was a big uh, huge hill down yeah. down down we were riding down felt like for i don't know 10 minutes and we got down there we kind of got into this little town there was some buildings down there and we looked around and Man, where are we? And it turns out we had to go back up the hill. <laughs> that we, we had gone down this huge hill for ten plus minutes. We we were th- that's right. We were racing with Steve with Steve McCusker, and uh, it it was it was literally a ten or fifteen minute descent. We must have descended five Steve, miles. Yeah, 
Yeah, Steve we, would be a good guy to interview on this show. <laughs> Steve, he's gonna he's gonna remember all those stories. Steve, well, that that for sure would be a story yeah, that Steve, Steve would not forget because are. because I'll I'll never I'll never forget the look on Steve's face when because uh, we were looking for a specific town, right? But we had kind of gotten the name of the town wrong, uh, so we were going downhill toward this town that it wasn't the correct town, uh, and we we literally had passed the left-hand turn that we needed to take mm. at the top of the hill uh, and instead, and instead rode four or five miles downhill. Literally it was a sustained four or five mile was downhill. That? Was, was, that, the, was that in Vermont? Where was that? Was that in Jersey? Uh, I feel like we, we did some in Vermont and some in this is probably New Jersey or New York. I want to say it was New York. I want to say, I want to say it, it was somewhere it was, upstate. I want to say it was, it was New York and I'll never forget the look on Steve's face. When we, uh, I want to say, I, I want to say too that it was a fire station. Uh, yes, the, it was a the, fire station at yep. the bottom at the bottom of that hill, and and mm -hmm. you know there were you know there were firefighters that were kind of milling around, or somebody was milling around yeah. outside. They always hang around outside when it's a nice day, right? And 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 Steve went over and and said, "Hey, is this is this such and such, uh, right. or yeah. or wh where is such and such road? Right, the 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 left hand turn that we had to take." And the, the guy just looked at the guy looked at Steve, right? Like, like with, with the look with the look of you you just passed that 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 road, you know, five miles up the hill, um, uh, and 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 that was terrible. <laughs> Steve Steve had this just incredibly deflated look on his face as he as he began to process what 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 we were about ready. To, to get to do, which was to ride the five miles back up that hill. Um, and sure enough, uh, five miles back up the hill, lo and behold, there was the left-hand turn that we, that we needed to take. Right. I mean, it was, it was so simple, uh, yet we, we made it so complicated, but, but, but there, there, and again, there was, there was another great lesson that we learned, right. Um, before you start to go downhill, whether it's ride downhill or trek downhill, make sure that you're going in the right direction. Cause if you're not, uh, you're going to have to double back and it just, it ends up putting more time on your legs and, and certainly more, more effort on your legs too. That's a metaphor for life, right? There. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it sure of, is. A lot of journeys are downhill. Right. I mean, the it, easy, the easy way. <laughs> yeah. Right. With, uh, with, Before you take the with, easy way. When, when, when everything yeah. seems like it's going too easy, you got you got yeah. to ask yourself, you know, am I going in the right direction? Because sometimes, you know, it shouldn't always necessarily be that easy. Well, well, you, yeah. you know, what, what, what one, of, one of the reasons one of the reasons you know, probably the key reason that you were uh, that you were the lead navigator for us was that, um, uh, well, at that time and and, and currently uh, you were a helicopter pilot. Right. So mm -hmm. so, uh, you know. Our assumption was that, uh, you know, as a helicopter a pilot, you, you got to be able to read maps. Yeah, like latitude and longitude, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And so and so while you didn't necessarily bring an extraordinary level of physical fitness to the event. Right. The presumption I mean, was you were going to bring an extraordinary level of navigation prowess. Yeah. Be yep. Because of the fact that you were a helicopter pilot. Um so it's, it's funny that all those all that all those skills have atrophied over the years. <laughs> is that yeah. is that is it what is that because of is that because of technology? Because it, it's, yeah, because it, of technology. It, now I just I punch it into the GPS and and I 
I drive or follow, go right to the end of the magenta line. And that's where I'm, you know, so. I mean, if, if, if you had to take a paper map out with a compass, could you figure out declination and could you, could you, uh, could you take a bearing and then could you, could you stay on a, on a heading if you were bushwhacking through the woods? I don't know. I don't know. That's something we should, uh, we should maybe, re maybe we should revisit that. Maybe we should, you know, get the band back together. See if I could see if I could do it. Uh, it's been a it's been a long time doing that exact thing, but I think it's I think I would because I get lost sometimes if I if I like pull into the grocery store, and I'll when I'm when I'm leaving, I have to ask Katie which way do I go. <laughs> I mean, not the not my local grocery store, but if we're like traveling somewhere and I turn into the gas station get gas and i'll pull out and be like which way was i going yeah I yeah right. it's it it it, it is you, that that it, happens to you but oh sure uh, yeah i mean i mean i mean it, it is left in here it is funny how technology can can sort of tend to dull you know really so, some of our some of our important or atrophy some of our our important navigation skills i mean people just people simply don't use maps anymore yeah uh, I mean, we uh, have paper maps in the helicopter still um as backup but i think they stay folded all the time you know and now we have a we have a map we have maps in the cockpit we have an ipad that's got a map on it and i got a, anywhere i drive drive in the car i got you know got this thing right here yeah um, I wonder, are people still doing adventure races um yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, they, 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 they certainly, they certainly are a thing. You know, I, I think, I really think what happened, uh, I really think what killed adventure races were uh, color races. Uh, um, the, um, you know, these tough, tough mutters and uh, the, the, the tough mutters and the clear runs. Um, those are know, fun. Uh, look, I, I think, I think those suffering. There's not I, as much I, suffering. Well, it, I mean, it. These other these other events, um, it, the, the, you know, the ones that you mentioned. I, I mentioned color runs. You, you mentioned you mentioned tough mutters. Um, you know, I, I think what they did is the those those events satisfied people's needs to uh, people's sort of perceived need uh, to um, to have a, a collective or a collaborative experience with friends. But in a much easier in a much easy as a much easy but as a much easier entry point. You know, adventure racing is and has always been a fairly complicated sport. Uh, you know, there. I mean, first of all, there's any number of bits of required gear that you that you have to have. Um, oh you know, yeah, it, remember those gear lists? They, yeah, they. Um, the gear list? Yeah, yeah, fifteen, twenty items long, oh, right? Because okay. because the race directors stuff. wanted to, wanted to make sure you didn't die in the woods. Right. Or that yeah. if, if you had to spend an overnight that you were you were prepared to do that. I mean, and, and water and, and, treatment tablets. And yeah. Right. Know, and so so know. the gear list, the gear list was was cumbersome. You, you had to have the gear um, and, and you also had in, in many cases you had to have, the you know, you had to have the 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 navigation chops. You had to be able to read a map and compass. So, I mean, the sport is infinitely fascinating and it's incredibly challenging and it's it's and it's 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 rewarding and it's fun. But. But it's a, it's a much more difficult entry point, right? The, the, or the entry point is much more difficult. What's much easier is uh, is to show up with your friends and you know crawl jump through the crawl through the mud and jump over walls and uh, and yeah. you know to their credit, 
um, you know, those smart. event those event management folks early on sort of saw that opportunity and yeah. capitalized on it yes. in a very big way. Reduced friction. They took the friction out. For sure. Um, and uh, and so I think I mean, I think that was that was one of the reasons why um, their you know, adventure racing declined in the late 2000s. Uh, was that, that there were just so many other options for people looking for a shared experience with friends, you know, uh, um, uh, a, a reason or opportunity to share something on 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 social media. Do you right? think, uh, are they still doing that? That what was that race called in Vermont where you uh, that you and Dwight did? Yeah, the, the that, what was that called? Like the the death, the, huh? the death race. The death race is that still yeah. going on? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I moved I, on. I, I, I think I think what that his, what was his name? Remember the guy? Yeah. What was his name? Yeah. Um, uh, Joe became, Joe Decina. Kind of became famous from that. Well, he uh, he has a show. I mean, maybe on, he was famous. No, he wasn't. That, he wasn't but, as famous. But I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this or not. But he actually now has a. He's got a reality show on CNBC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Business so boot, business boot camp or, or something okay. to that to, to that effect. Okay. Well, he, I mean, he yeah, I mean, he you know, he he capitalized on that, you know, in, in a in a in a big way, took that. Uh, I mean, he, he was the he was the originator of the Spartan races. That was that was that's his that's his oh, deal. Yeah. Right. And it, it became it became a became a, a global phenomenon, continues to be uh, a, a global a global phenomenon. Um, but, but, but again, I, I, I really think that it was, it was those events that, that sort of led to the, to the decline, uh, of, of adventure racing, you know, as a, as a professional endurance, uh, coach, uh, you know, it's, it, it's common for my, for my athletes and clients to experience adversity from time to time, you know, typically as it relates to, to, to their training and, and, uh, but, there are also, you know, life circumstances, you know, physical challenges, life challenges that 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 make it, you know, uh, more difficult at times to follow a plan. And, and I always talk to them about, you know, when 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 faced with adversity, you, you can either go through it or you can grow through it. Right. I mean, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, that that's that's your choice. But 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 adversity always provides incredible opportunities for for learning and growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, could, I mean, you got to you got to go through it anyway, right? So if you got to if you got to go through it, you might as well grow through it. Do, you know, do, you do you I mean, have anybody? Do you have anybody that's adventure racing? I do. You do yeah. Yeah. anybody that's doing like planning on doing these or uh, endurance races like uh, tough mutters or um, is, there any, is anything else out there like uh, marathon level endurance events? I well. Guess? Well, I, is that is that all, all your people? No, I no not not all of them. I do I do have a handful of adventure races. In fact, I've got a I've got a client right now that's uh, training for the longest day. Ah, remember that's, the, that's remember, still going on. Remember the longest day? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, and there are some expedition. She's also she's also uh, likely targeting an expedition length uh, adventure race in Colorado. I think. Uh, later, later this year. So that, cool. so the, 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 those, those events, those events absolutely, absolutely exist. Is she part um, of a team? Does she have a teammate? Does she have teammates? She does. Yeah. Yep. She, yep. She, she does. I think, uh, I think 
the longest day is a two-person event, but the uh, expedition uh, length adventure race later this year, I think, is a multi-person event. Um, there's also, forgetting the name of it, there's also a, there's also a pretty big um, uh, adventure race in uh, in Canada. That's a that's a uh, it's called uh, I think it's called Wilderness Traverse. Is a multi multi teammate uh, adventure race uh, in 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 Canada called uh, Wilderness Traverse, which is also a popular one. But you know what I what I wanted to, to to talk about with you is that that concept of of adversity and you know either you know e- either going through it or or growing through it. Uh, at, at, you know as as it relates to your your story about becoming a helicopter pilot, you know you you, you experienced some some adversity um, uh, around uh, around. Uh, your sort of your evolution, your uh, your pursuit of the profession of being a helicopter pilot. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, adversity. Uh, yeah, I, I did have to sleep on a couch. I slept on my friend's couch for six months while I was finishing up my training because I, I had a place to live, and then. Um, uh, tell this like my, my, <laughs> my, my girlfriend threw me out she put all my shit on the curb and uh so i had to find a place to live um and and my friend dave uh, took took me in i slept on his couch during my last uh i was out in california in san francisco uh, i moved out there to, to go to helicopter school um, there was a big school out there uh, in the early 2000s or late late 90s and uh, I was living pretty good, but then she put all my stuff on the curb, so I had to go. Uh, she said she didn't want to struggle in life, <laughs> <laughs> and that 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 struggle in life was associated with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, basically, you basically, the, str- the the struggle was you. Sometimes, yeah. Well, sometimes you, I do things the hard way, you know. Um, there was a few times there where when I. I, I Previous to that, I, you know, taken her out hiking and gotten hopelessly lost. I mean, lost for hours and hours. I'm, I'm kind of sensing a theme. Yeah, lost, like really lost uh, up in Northern California um, around Mount Shasta. We were, we were lost for at least eight hours and we eventually stumbled upon a, uh, a, a, a ski area that was that was either closed or had went out of business, but there was a payphone there. So I used the payphone and called for a cab. And, uh, and when we, when we got, got a hold of the cab company, the guy was like, wow, I'm, I'm two and a half hours away. <laughs> Cause that's, that's how far the, the we, I don't know. That's how far we, we were from everything anyway. So yeah, that was the heart, you know, that was, uh, yeah, she didn't want to struggle anymore, but anyway, so I lived on uh, Dave's couch for six months while I was finishing up uh, my training, and uh, so I guess that was a struggle. You yeah, know, well, people have I, had it worse. Well, um, yeah, but 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 everyone's everyone's struggle is is their struggle. Now, you you know, it, it, interestingly enough, you, um, I mean, you didn't set off on this career path initially. Uh, you, you know. I don't know. Most people that know you probably know that you have a you you have an Ivy League education, um, and which I'm I'm gonna guess uh, an Ivy League education is fairly rare 
in your current uh, occupation? There probably aren't a lot of pilots with Ivy League. I haven't Edu seen one, but I'm the <laughs> okay. only one I know of. But I mean, we Fair. do have we do have a few guys. We I know one of the guys in the region is a uh, went to the Naval Academy. Okay, well, and so I'm, not, and smart I'm not. Dudes, but, I'm not. Uh, I'm not casting aspersions on on intellect. That, level, that makes right? sense, uh, right. you know. But yeah, uh, it and makes sense, but I haven't seen anybody. I mean, why would nobody in the Ivy League becomes a pilot? That makes no sense, right? So, and and you know, it's it's interesting when when people ask me, you know, what what does your brother do? And I tell them that that he's a helicopter pilot, and they said, well, what 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 branch of the military did he serve in? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and of course, you know, well, no, he 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 didn't serve in the military. And then I always get a really puzzled look like, well, how, yeah. uh, how did he become a helicopter pilot? So that. Yeah. So the story of how you became a helicopter pilot of... with a with an Ivy League education is kind of an interesting well, I was one. Try, I, uh, you didn't you didn't you didn't study helicopters at Dartmouth, no, I guess, is what I'm asking. No, I was pre-med. I was trying to go to medical school. So I was working in labs after after. Uh, after Dartmouth and uh, working in research labs. Um, I did that for a couple of years up at Dartmouth. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to, uh, after two years at Dartmouth, I couldn't get into med school. I, I tried once, I applied once and I was like, all right, so I'm going to go to get my, I'm going to go get a, a master's degree in master's in public health at uh, university of Michigan. So after two years, in the lab I, I drove myself i was i got into to university of michigan and i was ready to start the semester and um i got out there i was there for a week i was like ah this is it's not it's not for me i can't, I can't do this i, I was you know, worried about spending this 18 it's funny funny it was eighteen thousand dollars a year back then which is yeah. Wow. Which, yeah. Right. Which is probably which is probably what it cost for like oh like book, books alone, right? If you for, could do that yeah, for eighteen thousand now, Oof. right? So I, I was I left after a, I I don't I think I less than a week. I I didn't even go to one single class. And and the funny thing is I don't even remember if I even told anybody. I don't remember telling anybody. I just was like, peace out. I'm out of here. Drove back home. Drove what, drove to my dad's. What, what what I mean what what were you going to do with a with a master's in public health was that gonna was that gonna be a, a means uh, to an end or uh, that was like you know it's probably like a lot of a lot of people probably went to, went into uh, public health during this COVID crisis right they were inspired by it but that was during Ebola you know Ebola was real big back in the uh, uh, mid nineties yeah so Ebola so I was just inspired to go go do that, figure out how that, how that all works and, uh, you know, fight against travel, travel around, go to Africa, you know? So, so, the, so stuff. the, the MPH, the masters in public health was kind of, was kind of your fallback from, from med school, but to yeah. give you an, but, yeah. but sort of a, kind of allow you the opportunity or provide you the opportunity to still be kind of engaged, uh, in the medical field and the yeah. science field. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I thought it would be cool to go do some travel and see cool sh stuff, you know? Right. I mean, if right. you go to Africa and I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're going over there to see I mean, Ebola, you know, emerging diseases. I thought maybe I could travel around, you know, see but, the world that way. That yeah, would be but, cool. But but that. Yeah. But they, you, you, you just you had an uneasy feeling. You, you, you kind of oh, had a yeah. feeling that it was it just wasn't it wasn't right. 
Um, that was a hard decision because you know you tell everybody, ah, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to do that, and then, and then you you get out there and you're like, screw, ah, I can't do this. It's terrible. I mean, just, you, just uneasy feeling. I mean, obviously, gut feeling. Obviously, obviously, things worked out for you, but did you? Uh, did you ever second guess that 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 decision? Did you ever? Did you ever? You know, after that, did you did you go through a period of time where you kind of wondered to yourself, did did I did I did I make the right decision? Did I did I give up on it? Did I give up on it too soon? Or or you know, did, I mean, did, did you ever have any 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 regrets? No, I I, I didn't. No, I just moved on. I, I, I just short memory. Just moved on. I'm like all right, so went back. I got to find a job, Went, found a job right away in a lab down in, at Mass General down in, in Boston. And uh, um, funny enough, I moved in with my, my friend Dave, who I haven't seen Dave in years. Wait, so was that did. was that was that the same friend that you crashed on his couch? Yeah, eventually I would crash on his couch, you know, out in San Francisco later, you know, uh, two okay, years later. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, I moved in with Dave. We lived in we lived in Rocks uh, or in not Roxbury. Right off uh, Dorchester, we live in Dorchester, so uh, and got we got I got a job right away, and it was during that time that I was working at this second lab at, at Mass General. Um, we were doing um, stem cell muscle research during that time that I I, I took a uh, like a helicopter introductory helicopter lesson. Yeah, uh, so and that's when I was like, ah oh, man, I'm, I'm not doing this research crap or uh, this science stuff is. It's so boring compared right. to this. Right. So, so I, th this is what I, I, this is what I find. I mean, this is, I think what, what, what everyone in the family finds, finds interesting is that, um, you know, to our knowledge, you know, as a kid, you weren't obsessed with helicopters. You didn't have, no. you didn't have a room full of toy helicopters. You didn't no. talk about flying helicopters. No. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, no. I, I, I sort of vaguely recall when I, uh, when I heard that you were, uh, you were you were pursuing uh, becoming a helicopter pilot. Uh, you know, I I probably like, wondered what? to myself like where yeah where wh I mean it seems random like where where did random. that come from? I mean what what was it was it random? I mean where yeah, it was, what, yeah. What, what 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 was it about what was it about helic and what was it about flying a helicopter? What uh, like, where did well, it come from? Uh, it, uh, I don't know. I, I had this friend. I have this friend Seth. I haven't seen Seth in a long time either. He lives out in, uh, he's from like Melrose, Mass. He, he lives out in California now, but we would, uh, we would kind of do some adventures together. We went skiing. We, we would, uh, uh, you know, ski. I, I think he was, he was there when we, when I skied uh, Tuckerman's Ravine. Um, so he's kind of an adventurous guy. We were out, uh, one night and he's like, I'm going to become a helicopter pilot. That's what I'm going to do. I, you know, like, you know, those guys flying the news, I'm going to go do that. That'd be a fun job. Yeah, you know what? That that probably I didn't even know that was a job. That would be a fun job. Somebody's going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do that. All right. He's like, yeah. We were both like, yeah. We're going to become helicopter pilots. We're gonna, so you know, uh, um, eventually I I followed through on it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go take a lesson. And I was like, oh man, that that was that was amazing. I'm going to. Yeah. I, I can't. Oh. I got, yeah. I got to do yeah that. So yeah. So tell me, tell me about, tell me about about that experience. Because our, you know, my, um, I think, I think my son, I think my son Braden did he do it? Did I think he did? I think he did the. What did very, he think about it? 
the very same thing. He obviously he did not become a helicopter pilot. No. He thought it was fun, but not, not something yet. he wanted wanted to do. What 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 did you think the oh, first man. time you got in a helicopter? Because you you had never been in a helicopter before, no. I no, presume, no. until you until you you got in, into that initial that initial sort of experience that ride along, yeah. right? Yeah. So they get they put you in a little two seater uh, R uh, Robinson R twenty two helicopter and. Uh, you're in there with an instructor and, and so you have a set of controls and he's got a set of controls. And then first, first he shows you, he picks it up into a hover and he, you, he hovers around a little bit and then they, you get a chance to hover it a little bit. And you're like, whoa, and it's really it's super difficult to hover. Uh, you know, it takes probably 20 hours to learn how to hover um, with any kind of precision where you don't feel like you're absolutely losing control of the, of the whole situation. And we, took off and we went flying. We flew around for like 15, 20 minutes and got a chance to, to fly it in straight and level flight and make turns and, you know, see the world from above. And I was, I was completely uh, hooked from that on. Like, I can't, I guess got to do this. I'm going to do this. I didn't even know that it was actually, I knew there was, I'd never even really looked far ahead to, to what the careers were. I was just like, I just want to do this. This is what I, I want to spend my time doing. I was, would, would go back to the airport. I went back to the airport for till I had about 19 hours, the same airport. It was in, um, it was in Massachusetts, somewhere, Nor Norwood, Mass. Um, uh, there's this guy, Siggy. He, my instructor was named Siggy. He was a dude from, uh, it was Siggy. I think Siggy was Finnish. Siggy Wurgergerland or something. Um, <laughs> Excellent pronunciation. Yeah, Siggy, Siggy, Sigerland, Rugagerland, call him Siggy. But uh, yeah, so I did that. I just was like, oh, I got to do this. I'm spending all my money on this. And it was, you know, 180 bucks an hour, you know? Yeah, so I, 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 I've always wondered if, I've always wondered if, um, your experience, at least maybe that initial experience in a helicopter, um, didn't didn't tap into the same uh, brain uh, uh, chemistry or or uh, neuron connections that some of the other things that you enjoyed doing probably did as well. Um, mountain biking, uh, snowboarding, in other words, this sort of adventure seeking adrenaline seeking, yeah, uh, right. That, that, yeah. I mean, and, and I suspect, although you'll, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I, I suspect the, the feeling that you get in the helicopter now is probably different than that initial experience of adrenaline. Um, I mean, did, does that, yeah. does, does that, well, does that make sense? Does that speak to you? I couldn't get, I couldn't get enough of it initially. Yeah. It was, I don't know, maybe it's like a cortisol. I couldn't get enough. Of it. I couldn't get it out of my mind. It was crazy. Like I just like, Oh man, I, I gotta get more of this. And, and part of it was it's, it was hard to get because it was expensive. So maybe that was part of it. Like, Oh, this is going to be a challenge to figure out how to, if I want to do this, it's going to be a challenge to figure out how to financially do it and uh, how, how to make it work in my life. But I was like, I have to do this. This is, there's no way around it. I, I, I love this. I love the flying part. Um, but, you know, today I still love flying. I still love to do it. Uh, um, 
I'm not, uh, and, and I definitely still get good shots of, uh, you know, s- stress, you know, I guess that's good. I still get, there's definitely plenty of days where it's, I get uh, shots of cortisol. Is that what it is? Like that's the brain chemical or, 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 or adrenaline probably. Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe, yeah, there's definitely now I prefer to have, um, I prefer prefer to have to be more boring. (laughs) <laughs> you know? yeah so uh, so uh, so uh, i guess that sort of answers answers my question and yeah. that is that um the, the the way the way you feel in the helicopter is different now than it was in those initial experiences in the helicopter yeah, uh right learning, i mean i was like every single day i was learning new stuff and and uh um it was so challenging uh, unbelievably challenging from every, every aspect of it, you know, just the physical part of flying it and the mental part of flying it, but also the the life challenge of trying to figure out how to do it. You know, how to, I had, had to find a job out there that would allow me to, which I did. I found a job in a lab that would allow me time to go to the airport and train. Um, so and, when, and when, how when, to, how when, to make it work, I had to take a loan out. I had maxed out my credit cards. That's how much I wanted to do it. And I was like, when, when, when you weren't flying, were you thinking about flying? Yeah. Like it oh, was yeah. all, like it was all yeah. consuming. Yeah, it was, it really was. But, but the, but, but, but your work, your work in the lab at that time, was it, was it, was it mindless enough that, that you didn't have to really dedicate a whole lot of brain power to your work in the lab or, 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 or did your, was your lab work really intensive intellectually? Like, like uh, how did you manage to balance that? It's funny. I, 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 I yeah. And I, I feel like I could have been more engaged with it. Now when I, when I look back on it, probably could have been more engaged in it, but I got the job done and, it was great. My, the, the boss, it'll, it was me and one other guy and then the boss and the boss would show up at the end of the day. Hey, what's going on? What'd you guys do? What, tell, show me what you did. All right, here's what I did. Okay. All right. Great. We'll see you tomorrow. That was, that was every day. So. It, so re- really he the, per- was, he the was perfect kind of directing situation. It. Yeah. He was, he was directing the research. So I didn't have to put a ton of brain power into it. I just had to execute the experiments that he wanted to do. So, but, you know, looking back it, you know, if I would have been really into it, I would have been reading the the scientific papers, the peer reviewed stuff to, I could have been even, I could have been way better at it if I'd have really read all the papers that it, that, that it required of, uh, of having intimate knowledge of this, uh, the topic that we were working on. It was eyeballs, by the way, it was, it was an ophthalmology lab. Right. Um, but, uh, it didn't, it wasn't required of me. So, uh, well, I feel kind well, of bad. I could, I could have been better at it, but, well, but I was but, busy but, doing something else too. Well, you were, you were busy sort of following this, this new, this new passion. Yeah. So you, so you, you, you put yourself through flight school and you, and you, you become a helicopter pilot and one of your first jobs or your first job was flying helicopter tours in Hawaii. Well, my fir- yeah, well, right? sort of. So my first job okay. was uh, I had I, I worked at the, the school. 
uh, this White is you say to school. You're this is out in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. in um, Concord, California, in the Bay Area. But the first job was I, I worked for nine months as an instructor. That's oh. the only way when you're a when you're a civilian helicopter pilot. That's the only way to get enough hours to get a real job is to be, be an instructor. So I went straight from being a, a student to being an instructor, and it was really a valuable job because Crazy. there was they had this school had about 30, 30 helicopters and they had tons and tons of students. So you really, that was the job you wanted. So I, my focus, you know, it took me two years to get all my helicopter schooling done, but my focus for the last year of it was trying, was being able to get this job so that, because otherwise I was going to have to travel somewhere in the country to some small flight school. And it may take, two, three years to build up enough hours because you don't have many students. So, cause when you're, when you're teaching a student, you're also building your own hours. So, uh, so I really focused on getting a job at the school and, uh, and it, and it worked out because I, you know, um, that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't really focus that much on the research. So, uh, because I was focused so heavily on getting a job at the school and it, and it did work out. And I got it. I got a job as soon as I, as soon as I finished all my ratings, got my flight instructor certificates, got a job right away. And nine months later I was out of there because I had built up enough time just by flying with my 10, 10 different students um, every day. So how, how did you, how did you make the connection with that initial employer, uh, flying, uh, flying helicopter tours, uh, in Hawaii? How did uh, one of, one of our guys, um, this guy, Mike Ivan, he was a, uh, he was a mechanic at, uh, at the flight school and he had gone over there to, to Honolulu and was the mechanic over at this, uh, two helicopter operation out of Honolulu international. So Mike, Mike was the, was the, uh, Somebody, somebody at the flight school was like, "Hey, Mike Ivan's looking for a, they're looking for a pilot." So I contacted Mike. I don't even remember how I did it because, you know, there wasn't text messaging or this was right. the year. This was two thousand. I guess I must have called him on the phone. <laughs> so old school, right? I called him on the phone and and he's like, "Yeah, man, we need a we need a pilot. When can you be over here?" I'm like, oh, "I don't." I, two weeks, I guess, or a week tomorrow. I can't remember, but you know, I, I just left my, I had a car, I have a, I had a Nissan Sentra. I just left it parked on the road in, in Dan, uh, Danville, California, just left it parked <laughs> on the road and grabbed my, grabbed a couple bags and moved to Hawaii. <laughs> I guess Perfect. I had, I guess I had money for a plane ticket. <laughs> you probably probably scratched up probably scratched up a, enough to to mm -hmm. to get yourself there. Now you had you you had you had never been to Hawaii before. No, Hawaii is awesome though. But yeah. but but that but that was your first time. That was your first time in Hawaii. Yeah, flew to and Hawaii. You, okay, right. And, so and you, there was there was two other two other pilots there, and the mechanic. They they and they lived in. A, luckily, they lived in a house. So there was a bedroom there. So I, it was great. They picked me up at the airport. They're like, uh, welcome. You know, you're, you now work for us and here's, here's where you got to live. So I didn't have, it was easy. I didn't have to look for a place to live. It was turn. It was turn. It key. was turn, turn key, you yeah. know? Now you're so, so now you're, you're, you're tasked with flying helicopter tours, right? T taking tourists up in the helicopter 
and showing them around the island or islands, except you've never been there. This is not, <laughs> this is yeah. a place that's actually yeah. new to you as well. Yeah. So how, how did you, how did you fake that until so, you, until you made that? It, so the bread and butter of this operation was a, was a one hour flight around the island and, and it was narrated by the pilots. So we would, you know, you had to learn, you had to learn the topography and you had to learn which, the tour. Which, which, which island, by Oahu. the way? Oahu. Oahu. Oahu is the one with all the people on it. All right. Um, uh, so took off out of, so it, it was a one hour tour that you had to learn and, and, and narrate. So, well, first you had to learn how to navigate it, which was pretty easy um, because you're just going around the outside of the island and then you come and go to the, from the south side, up to the east side, down through the, through the middle part of the island, back to the airport. So that's fairly easy, but uh, you had to know all the, the different cool shit along the way. So uh, I think I did. I, I rode along with another, it was a four seat, four seater aircraft. So, um, a pilot and, and, and they try to book the other three seats. That's how they made money. But in, at least initially, I think I went on three or four trips around the Island with another pilot and with two paying customers in the back, in the back, and he would narrate and I would just listen. So I think I did it maybe four times and, and they were like, turn me loose. All right, you're, you're up because they're losing money and they're losing money until they book that third seat. Right. Um, and it turned me loose. So I got to, you know, and I lived the, I lived with the other two pilots. So, and, and the mechanic. So we, we would sit around the table at, in the evenings and, and talk about Oahu. We would just, we were like Oahu nerds. We would talk about the, the cool stuff on the Island that, you know, and it kind of all related to, the tour that we were given, you know, um, we had guidebooks, you know, nobody had, yeah, we, we actually read stuff in books. Analog. There was, there was no, it was, I guess it was, I, there was internet back then, but it, 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 it wasn't it was what it is today. No. So, uh, so we would read stuff in books and we talk about it and, you know, we, some of it was just stuff that we'd experienced, you know, go drive because these guys had lived there for a little bit longer, stuff that they experienced living on the Island. Um, uh, so did your, did, did, did your, did your narration, did that, did that, did that change uh, over, over time? Did you, oh, get, yeah. did you get more comfortable with that? Did, I mean, did you, yeah. were you totally ad, ad libbing? Were you following a script? Like, like how did you do that? I, I, kind of not a script but when you're flying by stuff you know you know you know like sometimes you're flying by this beach you got to talk about this beach right or hanauma bay that's where they go snorkeling it's great snorkeling down in there you know you go up through this you go up through a rainforest ah, you know it's going to be a little bit bumpy in the rainforest it always was because it's, it's windy there on the east side of oahu you know we always get bumped around the rainforest but there's stuff to talk about in the rainforest but usually people are just kind of hanging on you know, like, <laughs> right. So, so you, 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 you did that, you did that for a couple of years. No, no, no. I, I mean, uh, unfortunately I only did it for six months. Okay. It's, it's funny broke. because my, my, my recollection is your, your, you, your time that you, you spent much more time there. Well, so in, I, in, uh, it, it makes up a big part of, uh, you know, I got, I got a lot of good stories from there. Well, I mean, well, that's what I, I that's it. what I was going to ask. What I was going to ask you about. Give me, yeah, give me, give me, give me your, give so, me your best story about, um, about uh, flying helicopter tours in Hawaii. Uh, uh, 
Well, I mean, we did some cool stuff uh, when we, this isn't the best story, but when it's talk about kind of learning the islands when, uh, when we've, when I got there, I think one of the other pilots was new too. So we, uh, they had two helicopters. So we, we took them both one day and we, the, the, the tour wasn't open. I guess we, we just took the helicopters and we took them around. To, we went, we flew to Molokai, which is the next island over from Oahu. We went to Lanai and we, we flew with the thing all the way over to the big island. We flew these aircraft. Just checked. We went to, we didn't go to Kauai because that was the other direction, but we flew all around uh, looking at the islands uh, because sometimes we didn't do the, we, we didn't do the tour. We would do uh, uh, like an air taxi. We would provide somebody with transportation to some other place that they wanted to go or or go to eat like strawberries on the beach on, on Molokai. So we had to kind of learn. We had to kind of he wanted us. The owner wanted us to see at least where some of the stuff was. But we ended up on 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 the big island, which is where like the volcanoes are. And there was uh, lava spilling into the ocean. That was really cool. Um, we got to see the, you know, the, the red hot lava falling into the ocean. Um, so we spent, we spent about four hours one day just touring the islands um, in these four seater helicopters. We might've even had a, I think maybe they even had a third aircraft. So uh, there was probably three of us flying around there. So uh, and that was great. That was fun. Fun six, trip. Six months. Um, but six months. Uh, yeah, but, but uh but what 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 an incredible what an incredible sort of first uh, first job second second significant uh, job out of school from so from from there um, you uh, you ended up taking uh, a position with uh, a different employer uh, and sort of a completely different job and a completely different location what where, where did you go where did you go from Hawaii what was your what was your next stop. Um. Next stop was the Gulf of Mexico. We, so uh, we uh, uh, went to work for PHI Petroleum Helicopters, and they uh, provide they provide the transportation to the for the oil uh, and gas companies out to the oil rigs. So, uh, out of based out of a bunch of places in Louisiana, South Louisiana. So, uh, um, yeah, I left I left Hawaii and. Bought a bought a one way ticket back to California. Got my car that had been sitting on the side of the road for six months. Needed a battery, so somehow I was able to get somebody to drive me to the battery store, put a battery Wait, in it. Your your car was still there. Yeah, six months later. Yeah, it was a nice part of town. It was a, it was a Nissan Sentra too, so nobody. I'm sure it was kind of an older model. Um, and I drove to drove to Louisiana and. Um, so, but uh, we uh, we're flying people out to the oil rigs, um, and you. So you 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 lived in you lived in Louisiana for like you 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 were a two week on two week off kind of stint thing, yeah. where you'd you'd live for two weeks in Louisiana and then you'd go somewhere else for the other two weeks. You'd go exactly. Yeah, home. Katie, Katie or, was tra Katie was a travel nurse, and so I met you, Katie in Hawaii. So. Got it. I would just go back one one trip. I went back to uh, I went uh, 
back to visit her in Hawaii. You know, I, I surprised her out in California when she was living in San Diego, um, Chicago, a bunch of different places. Because because she she was traveling around the country as a as a travel yeah. as a traveling nurse. So yeah. so you you actually had the opportunity to to see some pretty cool places and visit some pretty cool places uh, in your two weeks off uh, as she was as she was traveling traveling around the country. Um, so flying, flying helicopters, uh, into the Gulf of Mexico and landing on an oil rig, uh, sounds like a little bit different challenge than flying helicopter tours in Hawaii. Uh, what, 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 what what was different about, what was different about that job? What what, contrast, contrast, contrast those, those two jobs, flying helicopter tours and, uh, and, and, and flying into the Gulf of Mexico. What, what, what was, what, Seems obvious what was different yeah. about it, but what, what was different about it? Well, we were, we were, when you fly offshore, there's nothing to look at. You know, you just, it's just the, the horizon and open ocean. So, uh, we all, we, we had floats on the aircraft. Um, we, we wear like life vests. Um, you know, we had rudimentary, um, at least in the beginning, we had rudimentary navigation. Um, just a, it was a, a little uh, readout in the cockpit that had just had a an arrow that would go like this or like this, and it had a it would have a um, I think it had a distance readout. So if you were trying you're trying to go to some, um, they have the the Gulf of Mexico is all broken up into uh, blocks on the map. So if you were trying to go to, and they're all numbered and named like South Timbalier, South Timbalier, that's one of the names I remember, South Timbalier 407. You want to go to South Timbalier 407, well, that's, you know, 60 miles uh, from whatever heading of 187. And we had, it was called a Loran. I think it's called, I think that was a Loran that we had um, to navigate by. So you actually had to navigate, whereas when Hawaii, there was no navigation because you knew the, you knew the area um, by heart after a hundred trips, after ten trips around the, the island. But uh, so you're basically flying out into the. Uh, the only other time I'd been offshore was uh, was in when when I was working in Hawaii. You know, I was I, they tasked me to had to fly these photographers or this the film crew the film crew was going to Kauai, um which is uh, i can't exactly can't remember exactly how far away it is from oahu but it, you can't see it from oahu when you get up flying so i loaded these guys up this camera crew and they, i was going to take them to the airport over in Kauai. um so took off from honolulu and there's a point there where you get between Oahu and Kauai, where if you turn around, you can't see Oahu. And if you turn around the other way, you can't see Kauai. So you, you can't see, e- you can't see land from either direction at some point in, during that journey, during the trip. So you hope that you got the navigation, right? That you, because we didn't have moving maps in the aircraft in Hawaii either. So you hope you got the, the heading correct so you didn't miss it somehow yeah so those, and, those and, little... ju- and just start flying just aimlessly into the pacific ocean 
Yeah, with you know, because you don't carry. We, I had limited gas because they had these camera guys had all this stuff. They had there was three dudes and and a bunch of equipment. So you know, the helicopter can only weigh so much. So we had to down. You know, you have to download fuel to get the payload on there. Um, yeah, that was that was a stressful time. Worried about missing Kauai. Um, and, you know, trying to hold it together seemed like, you know, you know, our passengers had no idea that I was scared shitless. <laughs> and that was, that was, that's probably passengers a good, had no idea. probably a good thing for them that they, 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 no they, they didn't they, sense your, uh, yeah. your urgency, uh, yeah. and your, and your active concern about yeah. making sure you didn't miss this little oh, yeah. dot on the and map. Was, I can remember just like, it was, it was so stressful. You know, first of all, it was stressful because these guys were heavy. I was I was at the maximum that the helicopter could weigh. So it, it, it doesn't fly the same when it's super heavy. It's like, oh, it's kind of you're worried about oh, um, worried about pulling too much on the lever and over torque in this thing. I mean, it just it has a hard time getting off the ground. It has a hard time getting flying in the air. And when it, eventually it does, it's like, bop, 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 like the whole time I'm like, that's my heart going bop, 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 bop. So stressful. Get up in the air, uh, struggle to get in the air. And now we're flying along. Bop, 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 bop. I'm like, oh shit, this is, you know, double checking on the map, you know, kind of checking my last surroundings as I clear the, the beach at on Oahu and and just pray that I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> and and obviously that 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 trip that trip was that trip ended, over up, ended up working out dropped them off at Kauai, um at the airport in Kauai. so anyway so point of that story is that uh, you know when you go out to the gulf of mexico that's every trip is like that everyone because you you you're leaving the beach and you can't you turn around and you, you can't see it you you can see other there's a lot of oil platforms out there in the gulf it's like three thousand of them so you can fly over one and look at its uh it'll have a number on it and a and a, and a block so you could figure out where you are by that um you can cross reference it on a, on a map you're like all right i'm in this region so you know but guys did get lost out there not, not lost but turned around you know because sometimes you got to steer around like a thunderstorm or something Imagine that you got one heading. You're like, ah, this is going to be a perfect heading. I just got to do this for 40 miles. Then there's a thunderstorm in the way. Now you turn to go around it. Now, which heading do you get back on? Well, that's, we had a little navigation thing, but this was the, it was rudimentary. So flying into the Gulf of Mexico, you, you, you must have, you must have an interesting uh, story about, uh, about, about flying, uh, you know, and, 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 and landing uh, on an oil rig out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, um, it was, it was a great learning experience. Like sometimes I was with, in my own aircraft, at least in the beginning, I had my own helicopter, um, and, and we would do, I'd take these guys, we'd bounce around one area usually all day long and do like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 takeoffs and landings a day. So that was busy and hot and sweaty job. 
Um, uh, but I learned a lot when, when eventually got into the bigger aircraft and I was working as a second in command. So I was flying with all these old guys that were, uh, uh, you know, Vietnam era guys. There's like, they're, they were finishing up their helicopter careers. Um, so, so I learned a lot hanging out with these guys and, and, and learning the, the tricks of the trade and how to be a professional uh, pilot, but um, you know, how to deal with the, with bad weather and not get yourself in a, in a bind, how to deal with passengers that are maybe lying about their weight. Uh, Cause we were always loaded up with people and just, just about every takeoff uh, off of these oil platforms was, was heavy. And, and, and when you're heavy, when you're at the maximum that, that the helicopter can weigh, it doesn't, doesn't fly the same. Like, like, like I said, in Hawaii. Um, and there's, there's always every oil platform has like a crane on it. Um, so there's obstacles all over the place on these oil platforms and, and the wind isn't always in your favor. Um, so I, I learned a lot about, uh, I guess that wasn't your question, but, but, but I learned a lot about how to, uh, how to get the job done um, from these old guys uh, what, uh, in, in the Gulf. And you, you, and, and so you, you flew, uh, you, you flew into the Gulf, into the, to, to these oil rigs, uh, for, for, for how long? So you, you were six months in Hawaii. How, how long, how long, how long were you in that? How long did yeah, you have that position? About, about four and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so then, it, so then at some point, um, an opportunity presents itself for you to do something different. Uh, yeah, and, we, you, and you make, you sort of make the, the, the final kind of, um, career, uh, redirection. I mean, same, same career, but, but kind of sort of final landing destination to kind of, to sort of potentially yeah. use a pun. Yeah. 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 Um, well, we, PHI started putting, they had, we're starting to put uh, uh, air ambulances all around the country in different spots and staffing them with, with four pilots and, and some nurses and some paramedics. Um, and the closest place to the Northeast, which is where I wanted to be was, uh, was in Virginia. So um, Katie has uh, had an aunt and an uncle here uh, in Fredericksburg. So we, um, that's how we landed in, 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 uh, in Fredericksburg, but there was a, uh, it was a helicopter in Manassas, Virginia, which is about an hour from here. Um, so now we're, I'm working as a flying an air ambulance, um, twin engine, light twin engine helicopter. We mostly stay, most of our trips are, um, 10 minutes, 10 minutes per leg. And we fly people from hospital to hospital, or we, we fly people off of car accidents and horse accidents. Um, uh, so, yeah. uh, I mean, flying a helicopter is flying a helicopter, but th there has to be there has to be a difference between uh, sort of being a, a glorified taxi into the Gulf of Mexico and uh, actually flying an air ambulance. Um, what, what 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 was what did you have to what did you have to learn uh, or what's different about what's different about this job compared to the uh to, to the previous job flying into the gulf uh i guess we're, we're going someplace 
at least with this the being an air ambulance you never you never know what what you're going to do for the day you know you, uh, we go we go new places um even to this day doing it 16 years later there's still places i go that i haven't been you know because we're, we're actually landing on in people's backyards and we're going you know landing on highways and um because there's plenty of places we go uh, you know over and over again but uh you know and when working in the gulf of mexico it kind of you know especially on the bigger aircraft you, you knew what you were doing on monday you're going to do crew changes on tuesday crew changes over here on thursday so every day you kind of knew what you were going to do so you're right it was kind of like a bus service you know um but uh it, but now and and we're working at night so in the gulf of mexico you don't work at night um i guess maybe there are there's a couple of aircraft that work at night but uh um we weren't flying offshore at night but now i'm working uh, uh some of my shifts are at night half of them um so and you know the weather the weather uh, minimums have changed i'm you know we're now flying ifr which is in the clouds uh every once in a while um which we, i wasn't doing in the gulf of mexico uh to a great extent um yeah, it's a very different job. And I'm not hanging out with pilots. I'm hanging out with nurses and medics, which is the, probably the, the, you know, the, the social aspect of it is completely different, you know, because at least down in the Gulf, I, you get to bounce ideas off of other pilots. But uh, so I kind of miss that. We we're hanging out at the at the hangar where you're hanging out with your peers and your profession now. When we're, when we're sitting idly, we're hanging out. I'm, I, there's no other pilot around. Well, I, I, I find it, of. I find it fascinating that, uh, that your, your career sort of kind of came full circle eventually back into the medical realm. Uh, you know, you know, when you, yeah. I mean, initially sort of these, these aspirations of, of going to medical school, uh, and, and, and being a physician, uh, and then, and then, you know, for a short time thinking about, uh, you know, a master's in public health, uh, and then kind of taking a, a, a complete redirect and becoming a helicopter pilot. But eventually you, you sort of using that, that skill that, 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 that you developed, uh, and, uh, and applying it kind of to the medical field. I mean, you're, you're in the medical field now, which is sort of, it's kind of, a, sort of an interesting, yeah. uh, an interesting, uh, I'm, uh, a, I'm, I'm indirectly associated with it. Right. I'm that's a, I'm, yeah. That's, I'm that's, sort of on the periphery, yeah. but, uh, well, but I well, see it every day. Well, right? I, look, I, I, as far as the continuum of care goes, I mean, yeah. you are, you're, you're the, you're, you're oftentimes the tip of the spear. Yeah. Whether, I mean, you're, you're, you're part of the continuum we're, we're, of care uh, for, for those patients. We're considered first responders. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you 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 have to tell the story um, of um, uh, soon after you soon after you arrived or soon after you started that uh, that job, um, you were um, you, you had an assignment that took you in and around the D.C. area. And you 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 had to learn you had to learn the, the Washington, D.C. area, because, again, like like Hawaii and like like the Gulf of Mexico, these are not places that you grew up in. You, you weren't intimately familiar, uh, with, with these areas. You kind of had to, you kind of had to learn your way around. You got to tell the story of, uh, of what happened when you unintentionally 
flew into restricted airspace over the vice president's residence. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> well, allegedly. Uh, uh, according to the Secret Service, it was allegedly. not allegedly. Allegedly, well, just for the for the record, it wasn't restricted airspace; it was prohibited airspace. <laughs> okay, so, sounds semantics to me, but that, that's, that's pilots. <laughs> okay, all right, that yeah. makes us that makes you the can, story better. You can get you can actually get permission to enter restricted airspace, but generally speaking, you don't get permission to enter prohibited airspace but you know the 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 airspace around washington dc is the most it's the the most complicated heavily regulated uh heavily surveilled uh airspace in the world there isn't any other place like it because it's the u.s president is there and our, the seat of our government is there um so there's I don't know if it even existed before 9-11, but after 9-11, there's a there's this big rectangle of if you think if you look at a map, it's a rectangle on the map that encompasses uh, you've been to the Washington Mall, right? right. You know, the, the mall encompasses the mall and the Capitol building. So that if you imagine that a big box, a rectangular box around all that, and that goes from there all the way up to the. I don't know if it goes to infinity. I probably should know how high it goes, but I'm in a helicopter. I'm not I'm never flying over the top of it. So as far as I'm concerned, it goes to infinity up. And then just so there's that rectangle. And then north of there is there's an observatory. It's called the observatory. And there's a, a little circle. There's a circle that is I probably should know this, too. But maybe it's maybe it's a mile uh, um, radius. Maybe it's a mile radius that is that's where the vice president's house is and one of my first shifts at night and you're not you, you can't fly you're not supposed to fly in these things it's prohibited um supposedly they'll they would launch there's there is uh anti-aircraft guns on some of the buildings in downtown dc um supposedly to shoot down renegade aircraft so and they do have the ability to launch jets on you uh scramble jets on you from any number of different places around dc and there's tons of there's other tons of other military everybody in the military or every agency has helicopters down there um in dc but anyway my first night shift i was uh, they sent me this is my first time working at night they sent me to georgetown um, which is right, right on the right on the Potomac River, really close to the Potomac River. The, the the hospital is, and there's a helipad there, and it's really close to the to the restricted airspace for both, uh, but namely for the vice president. So anyway, I, I didn't know where this really this place was, but I had a GPS unit that took me sort of in the direction. It, I didn't have the moving map that I have today um otherwise i would have known i was getting close um and people were my crew had been there and they were describing it to me like you just got to keep flying up the hill uh, it's up the hill a little bit but in my mind you know i had this per perception of where it was anyway they the guy had not turned the lights on on the heliport 
So I didn't have any helipad lights to reference. And it, it was tucked down in a um, next to uh, their soccer fields and those, you know, 75 foot trees surrounding it. So I, I didn't see it because the lights weren't on. Anyway, I was circling around there um, looking for this looking for the, looking in, in every dark hole for this helipad. Anyway, I guess every time I would circle around near the, this prohibited area, the secret service would, I can just imagine they were standing up at their computer consoles. Every time he's coming back, <laughs> here he comes again. <laughs> Who is this guy? Every time I would make that lap around, I'm sure they were like, Oh no, <laughs> he's coming back. Um, so, uh, eventually found it uh had no lights uh, i think eventually they after i landed somebody turned the lights on which is you know thanks for that and this was before we didn't have night vision goggles we uh, nowadays we have night vision goggles it would have been easier to see it um uh anyway landed there i don't remember if we were picking out i think we were dropping a patient off there and um when I, uh, I when we went to leave, uh, I took off out of there and uh, the, the the tower. You know, I had wanted to know if I if I could. Uh, I was talking to, to uh, Washington Nationals uh, Air Traffic Control Tower because it's inside their airspace, and they said, "Hey, hey you know, can you uh, can you write down a phone number? Because somebody needs we we need you to call this number." And I was like, "No, I, I can't." Can't write down any numbers. <laughs> Sorry, my hands are busy because I got you know you got you got a stick you got two sticks right you got a left hand stick makes you go up and down and a right hand stick. I said no, I I can't do that. And I really couldn't. I guess I maybe could have. Um. And and they said, well, you know, we just you know we were cons- the Secret Service called and they were concerned about you. Uh, uh, well, you know, being anyway, I did get back and uh, I called them on the phone, found out what their number was. And I called them on the phone and, and the lady was really nice. And she said, you have, you know, she said, did you have a critically ill patient on board? I said, yes, I did. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did. I don't know. I'm not sure if they were critically ill or what, but usually, usually there's something wrong with them. That's why we're flying them. Um, so I, I, the, t- the air traffic control tower said I wasn't in the I, claims air traffic air traffic control said I was not in the airspace, but the Secret Service, they they thought that I was or I was getting too close. Um, so there's, that's why I say allegedly. So but so nothing happened. I didn't bust any airspace. Um, I didn't get in trouble. Um, you didn't but, get shot down. But since didn't get shot down. But, you know. Ever since that was my first night. Ever since then, um, I there's you can go between these two uh, prohibited airspace. You can go between the rectangle and the circle. That's how you get into the uh, what's called uh, the Washington Hospital Center. And for the for the the next um, fifteen years, I never flew between the two. It's like <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near those two places because people would be like, because be everybody else would do it. It's called splitting the peas. Everybody else, hey, you're not going to split the peas. I'm like, no, I'm going around the peas. I'm going north of the peas or south of the peas. I'm not peas. Peas standing for prohibited. Yeah, yeah. Split the peas. So for the like for the next 15 years, I didn't split the peas at all. 
because <laughs> I'm like, I'm steering clear of the piece. I already got my name in some book somewhere. Um, <laughs> I can only, I can only imagine your, your, the, your photograph being in some secret service office, right? Yeah. With, yeah, right. With, yeah, with, with, with some, with, with some heading, not, not wanted, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. be on the lookout for, right. Uh, that yeah, some, bolo. some bolo with, with, bolo yeah, with, this with your picture right, in, in some secret service, some secret yeah, service, what, like break room or coffee room for this. Um, now I split the piece from time to time because they, we actually got permission to, because one of the hospitals that we go to now is actually inside the prohibited airspace. So GW. George Washington University has a, built a helipad and it's inside this, inside the, the airspace, prohibited airspace that has the mall, uh, that's part of the mall. So we have permission now. Um, oh, you're fly into that airspace now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's funny too, because we, uh, you know, you, our, our communication center usually, usually makes the phone call before we go in. Um, because we're, we have a patient on board that we're usually taking people into there. Um, but when we leave to go come home from inside the prohibited area, um, we have to have to make a phone call to, um, it's just some dude. He's like, you call him and he's like, hello. I'm like, Hey, this is, this is Jay Don. I'm in, I'm at uh, GW hospital. I'm getting ready to leave. And they're like, okay, thanks. It's not it's like, see, yeah, yeah, it just, it just, it's, it sounds so unofficial. More. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, yeah. It's, it sounds like it, it should be, it should be much more, much more. It official. sounds so unofficial. It's just some dude at a desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it's like, but, yeah, but, okay. but, yeah, but he, yeah, but no he, has, he, he probably has that. one of the most important jobs in the district. It. Yeah. Let's finish with this. I want to, I want to talk a you little bit about. You wanted to talk about next, next level. Yeah. I want, yeah. I want to. Yeah, I wanna. Yeah, I wanna. I wanna ask you about. I wanna ask you about uh, the, the 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 best advice you ever you you were ever given or ever read on uh, on on something related to health, fitness, or 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 living at the next level. Um, I don't know. Health and fitness. I I, I try to stay healthy and fit. I'm not the most of either. I'm pretty fit right now. Not bad. Um, I did go to Orange Theory the other day and I and, and broke their. Uh, they said that they said the heart rate monitor must have been broken because I had so many splats. If anybody has done Orange Theory, they, like they measure everything in splats, and I was the only one that had like 50 splats. That's anyway, a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. I guess I don't know. You seem to think maybe my heart rate was too high for too long. I don't yeah, know. But well, anyway, yeah, you might have, you might have had a little arrhythmia, but it probably okay. You I don't know. If, I don't have a lot of pearls of wisdom for that uh, health and fitness. But one of the things about um, since I've been focused on flying for the last twenty five years now um, was you know in the in the at least in the aviation world you don't want to get uh, and maybe this holds true to a lot of other things. You, you don't want to get too creative um, when you're out there. Because the next level for me is is coming home every day, right? Right. It's make, making it back, right? Because, there's all, you know, in the, in the helicopter world, there's all kinds of um, 
risks and uh, things that can get you. You know, things, things that bumps in the night that can get you stuff sticking out of the ground, um, you know, weather, uh, wires, uh, uh, things that you can do to yourself, you know, like being creative. So, uh, for example, this wasn't advice that I necessarily learned, uh, read or somebody gave it to me. I learned it and to not be too creative. Um, there was this, going back to Hawaii, there was this race, it's a race called the Molokai, Molokai Ho. And it was a, uh, it's still going on. It's like, the, it's gone on for the last 70 something years. And it's a, it's a, an outrigger canoe race from Molokai to Oahu. It's cool. I mean, if you look at the picture of this thing, it, it is cool. Like these guys are, there's like six guys in a, in an outrigger and there's a, there's a woman's race too, but six guys in an outrigger and they race this 41 miles between the uh, open ocean, 41 miles between two islands. Um, it's awesome. Uh, and I didn't realize it at the time, how cool it was. Um, cause I was kind of new to Hawaii and, uh, but it's this, this race is one of the, uh, this channel, the Kaivi channel is one of the seven swims. Uh, it's like the seven summits. It's one of the seven swims in the world. Um, it's, and I think it's the longest one actually, like there's like the Straits of Gibraltar and, uh, um, the English channel. So, uh, this, this Kaivi channel because it's, it, it, it's gnarly, you know, there's, there's, uh, usually big waves in there and, uh, this current going through there anyway. So these Hawaiian dudes, uh, uh, paddle like crazy, get across there. Anyway, I was tasked with flying out there and filming it. So we took the doors off the helicopter and we had this, this, this guy with a camera, a video camera, and he was strapped in kind of hanging out on one skid. So my job was to fly this guy and we were over the top of the race and he was filming stuff. And, uh, man, I, it was cool. We were probably 50 feet above these guys as they were paddling and hovering along in this, in our, in my helicopter that had floats on it. So in case we went in the water, we had floats. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm like, man, I'm getting, I'm, this is fun. And this is so cool. I'm filming these guys and you never really, you know, when you're doing tours, you're flying at 1500 feet above the wall, above everything. So you're not down low level. Being in a helicopter, low level is the best thing in the world. Um, things going by fast and you're, you're maneuverable. You can see all kinds of cool stuff. You can move wherever you want. Anyway, I was kind of starting to feel pretty good about it. This guy and, and, you know, I'm hovering along the winds blowing through the helicopter because I got the doors off and, uh, it just was a great feeling. I had like a Hawaiian shirt on. I'm living life, right? Got a Hawaiian shirt on. I, I can picture. This is cool as shit. And anyway, I'm like, all right. Well, this guy's getting this. I got to. He, he's he's filming, and I, he tells me what he wants to film. We got we got headphones on. He's like, I need. To, I want to film this over here. I want to film these guys. So you know, I'm like, all right, I got you. And, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep, keep it so he's his he can get the shot. Anyway, so I'm like, ah, I'm just going to go backwards. This is a good idea. I'm just going to fly backwards. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I'm going backwards now. This thing, could, I can do anything in this thing. Anyway, I don't know what happened, but I must have been, I was going backwards and I must have been downwind or something. Um, and I got my, 
I got the thing. The thing spun around on me. I don't know, two three times. <laughs> it it got it got. I caught the wind, and it's you know it spun the spun the tail of the helicopter like it was a like a, a weather vane. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't spin it into the wind. It spun it completely around. I don't even, and it it happened. It went around so fast. I don't even know if it went left or right. <laughs> it just went. It spun around a couple times, and 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 I stopped it because I'm here today. And, uh, and I was like, oh, it's like, oh shit, sorry about that. And the guy was like, oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> How did you? How did you not? Like, how did you not spit him out of the of the well, aircraft? Was he, he buckled was, in? He was. He was. He had. He was buckled in. He had like this special harness that they use. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know how he stayed in the aircraft. I, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, I. It it uh, it really spooked me. I was like, oh my god, what what just happened? You know, and and he was oblivious to it. I don't think he realized how close he was to dying or at least going in the water. I don't know if he would have or, died. Or, 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 died. or maybe, maybe he figured this is just what, this is just what happens in a helicopter. Yeah, we do it. This is just, this is just, this I mean, that thing was, I, I, and you know, looking back on it, they get into this thing called uh, loss of tail rotor effectiveness. I think that's what it was. LTE, which is killed a whole bunch of people. I mean, kills people all the time in helicopters. Um, aerodynamic effect but anyway so i was but that was because i was being creative you know can't yeah. get creative don't, i was like this is i can do i'm gonna just get real creative on get so this guy can get a shot um but i did had never had that experience before so now i don't you know i've been creative like that since and it's i've done creative things but um and none of them have worked out very good yeah, it's funny because it 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 reminds me a lot of of what I talk to my athletes about uh, all the time, and that is have a plan, trust the plan, work the plan. Yeah, this was you not know? part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, inevitably, it's when it's when you get off script, yeah. uh, and you and you begin to to ad lib when you mm -hmm. begin to deviate from what you had predetermined. That was going to be the most successful, you know, route for you to, you know, to 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 complete your objective. It's yeah. almost always during that, you know, during those circumstances in which you you get yourself into a position in which things don't necessarily always work out like they should. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I I think I think you always have to you always have to be you have to be willing to adapt. Um, but um, but 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 you have to stay true to what you set out to do, right? Uh, you know, for, 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 for as long, for as long as you can listen, this, this, this conversation has been, has been, has been a lot of fun. Hey, mate, uh, you know, awesome. I've, 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 I've heard, I've heard, you know, uh, most of these stories before. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I actually, <laughs> I actually heard a couple of new ones, uh, new ones today. And, uh, I, I really appreciate you, uh, joining me on the show. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to the boxing gym now. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go uh punch some bags now yeah so all that's right my, so that's my that's my exercise these days yeah so so that well that well that's a that's a good way to wrap because i mean this you know in in, in you know in it's in it's in it's in its essence uh i mean this is a podcast about health uh and fitness so I, i'm i'm glad yeah, you're able to actually bring aviation 
yeah, I, but I'm glad you were able to bring it back around to that. Well, listen, yeah. uh, have, have a great day. We'll, we'll catch right. up with you soon. All right. Later. All right. Thanks. See ya. I still say the story of him nearly getting shot down by the Secret Service has got to be my all-time favorite. In our family, when someone is about to tell a story about my brother, they always preface their comments with the expression, so you know Jay. Well, now you know Jay. If you liked what you heard, please consider giving the show a follow. And if you really liked what you heard, please consider sharing it with friends. I'll be posting some supporting media on my Twitter account at, at Coach Chris J. Dunn, so make sure to check that out. And lastly, remember, the secret to living well and longer is to eat half, walk double, laugh triple, and love without measure. Until next time.